the CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... said of certain walls that they have ears. Is it then illogical to assume that other walls may have eyes? Indeed, it is said of certain houses, oh, if this old place could only speak, what tales it could tell. Is it possible for a word that was spoken, a sight that was seen, a deed that was committed, to leave an echo, an aura, a lingering trace? Well, that's why some houses are supposed to be haunted, no? I had every intention of killing you. I can't believe it. Just because I got the better of you on a business deal. I came here this morning to kill you. Look, here's the gun. What made you change your mind? I saw her. Who? Your wife. Your loving wife. And I laughed. Why? Because it's clear to me I don't have to kill you. She will. Our mystery drama, The Heel of Achilles, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Arnold Moss and Earl Hammond. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Gumbled Soup is most pleased to present three new soups with a true taste of the Orient. New Campbell's wonton. New oriental chicken. New beef teriyaki. Three delicious new oriental style soups we would be most honored if you would try. And now, the famous Campbell's jingle. We always eat better when you remember the soup. Saturday on CBS television. Oh, Riker. He's unconventional. You're so... Direct. Get comfortable, clown. You're so... Clever. I've read so much about you. Did you do that without moving your lips? You are... An outcast cop now working secretly for the district attorney. You're so... Compassionate. I'll just be right here for you if you need me. Riker. You're so good. Saturday at 10, 9 Central and Mountain on CBS television. May I help you? Yeah, I want to see a juvenile. A what? Well, this is Risk Merchandise Center, isn't it? Yeah. And you're having a juvenile sale through Saturday, March 14th? Yeah. Well, I want to see a juvenile. We're having a juvenile furniture sale. Huh? You know, baby furniture. Baby furniture? Sure. You mean like little tiny beds and stuff? Well, sure. <laughs> Forty different cribs by Bassett, Childcraft, Lullaby, and Headstrom. Matching dressers, chests, mirrors, and headboards. Really? Sure. And coordinated bedding by Red Calliope and Nojo. Oh, boy. I... Not only that, but during the juvenile furniture sale at risk, we have strollers by Headstrom, Welsh, Scrolly, and others. All top quality items and the prices Riss is famous for. Hey, you got any itsy-bitsy cucumbers? No. How about some little tiny chickens? No. Turkeys? I see one. Right. Don't miss the juvenile furniture sale now through Saturday, March 14th at Riss Merchandise Centers, U.S. 30 at Colorado, one mile east of I-65 in Merrillville at 37th and Grant in Glen Park. Mr. Roland Palfrey is 60 years old. He wishes he were younger. He has $40 million. He wishes he were richer. People envy him his wealth, his position, his power. And there are those who envy him his wife, the breathtakingly beautiful Marion, who is scarcely half his age. There are the cynical who say that she married him for his money. But who really knows about these things? And the truth of the matter is, love of money often outlasts love of love, if you know what I mean. At any rate, since this is a story of a businessman, let us get down to business. Why not stay on, Martin? What for? Well, the company name will still be Martin Machinery. <laughs> the name. It's all that's left. Same salary, plus a bonus? No. No, thank you. Uh, you're too young to retire. Mm, maybe. 
But I'm too old a dog to learn new tricks, especially your tricks. My great-great-grandfather started this business in a blacksmith shop. Yes, yes, I know. He's the one who shooed George Washington's horse. And people knew they could depend on the Martin name. Is that a fact? If they cared so much, why didn't they buy your product? Well, I suppose quality has become too expensive. People simply can't afford it anymore. Well, whatever it is, I'm out of it. Too bad. You'd have made an excellent figurehead. Oh, figurehead? <laughs> like they used to have on the sailing ships of my great-great-grandfather's whaling fleet. You're sure they were all whale ships? Weren't some of them also slave ships? Darling, I thought I... Oh, I didn't know you were busy. That's all right, dear. This uh, gentleman was just leaving. Uh, Marion, this is Mr. Edward Martin. Edward, my wife, Marion. Uh, how do you do? Well, Edward, I don't know if there's anything more we can say to each other at this point. Oh, but there must be. There is. I, I had absolutely no business barging in here in the middle of a business day. Darling, I can assure you, and so can Mr. Martin, that our meeting is over. Isn't that true, Edward? Uh, certainly. Oh, darling, you're an adorable fibber. And Mr. Martin is a perfect gentleman. But I was in the neighborhood, and I just wanted to throw you a kiss from the doorway. And now I'm off to lunch with Jenny Satterfield. Goodbye, Mr. Martin. Mm -hmm. It was wonderful meeting you. So, that's the beautiful Mrs. Palfrey. Well, I've seen her pictures in the papers. They hardly do her justice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> nothing. <laughs> oh, nothing at all. <laughs> Well, why are you laughing? Well, why do people laugh? Well, I would assume because there's something funny. <laughs> or tragic. Sometimes it's hard to tell which is which. But why are you laughing? This could be both. Now, look here, Martin. It's I... all over, Roland. You now own a majority of the voting stock of Martin Machinery. Put it in a candy jar with the rest of the goodies. Martin, I insist that you tell me what was so funny. I haven't the faintest idea of what you're talking about. Ready? Serve. Uh. Oh, no, no, darling, it was out. Oh, that means you win the set. Come on, give me a chance to get even. Now? Well, now's the time while we're warmed up. Oh. All right. Oh, darling, you really don't want to play. Oh, nonsense. And you're tired. We're going to relax for a bit, have a tall, cool, refreshing drink. We shouldn't overdo it. Look, Marion, I'm not tired. Well, perhaps not. But I am. Now, let's just go into the clubhouse and sit for a bit. Darling. Yes, Roland? That, that gentleman I introduced you to the other day. Uh, Mr. Martin? Oh, you, uh, you remember his name. Oh, well, he's very handsome. Of course, he's not as handsome as you are, but then who is? Had you met him somewhere before? No, I don't think so. Why do you ask? Well, I get the feeling that he knew you. Oh, I'm sure I don't know him. Or that he knew something about you. Oh, well, darling, my life is an open book. Yes, well, I... Well, what? It's probably nothing. Probably nothing? I'd feel better if it were definitely nothing. And I'm positive it is. So, let's forget it. It's forgotten. Hey, Martin! What? Why, it's Roland Palfrey. Hop in, I'll give you a lift. Hey, this is absolutely unbelievable. Well, this fabulously wealthy Roland Palfrey driving his own car? Well, it's a fabulously expensive car. You've actually been lying here in ambush. It does look that way, doesn't it? <laughs> well, uh, now where are we going? For a ride. You have nothing better to do? Martin, tell me... Why did you laugh last week when my wife left the room? Why? I have a right to know. Right? Well, obviously, it concerns me. Well, I don't know. Why should I tell you? Well, on the other hand, 
Why shouldn't I tell you? Now, look, Martin. Uh, Martin machinery was very precious to me for reasons that you could never understand. To you, it's just another little company. To me, it was my whole world. It isn't my fault that you couldn't keep it. You could have stayed on. I wanted to kill you. I'm sure you did. I'm exactly what you call me. A sentimental fool. I ask myself, how do you fight him? He takes away your customers. He cuts off your sources of raw materials. He makes it impossible for you to get credit. He isn't human. He always considers every contingency. Thank you. Thank you, Martin. And then I saw her. Who? Your wife. And I laughed. Why? Because I said to myself, I don't have to kid you. She will. What are you talking about? You are not invulnerable. And you're not invincible. You're like he was. Like who was? Achilles. The greatest of all the ancient warriors. Now, what does he have to do with... Like him, you have a heel. A vulnerable place. Can we have a sensible discussion? You never made a mistake in your life until you married her. What are you insinuating? What made you think a woman of her vibrant beauty, or her glowing sensuality, could be satisfied by you at 60? She loves me. She loves you? Well, poor Roland. Your vanity is going to destroy you. We're the best business brains, the toughest antitrust lawyers, the sharpest operators failed... Your own vanity will succeed. There's 30 years difference between you. She's going to betray you. She'll have to. She's too much for you. Or you're not enough for her. And the betrayal will turn you into a laughingstock. And that will kill you. And that's why you laughed... When you saw her? I'm off the hook, Roland. She'll take care of it for me. For... I'm afraid I hit it a little too fast. Oh, no, darling. A beautiful shot. Straight down the middle of the fairway. Mm Mm-hmm. Not bad for an old duffer? Hmm? I don't mind you calling yourself a duffer. But you're not old. Dearest, I am 60. Well, you don't look a day over 40. Oh, now, come on. All right, 45. But that's absolutely my final appraisal. (laughs) I just can't think of you as old. You're so handsome. And so youthful. You do love me, don't you? (laughs) I just can't kiss you right out here on the golf course, can I? Think of your image. Um, let's move out before we hold up play. Angel. Yes, dear? I saw this perfectly lovely old house out in Gulliver County. And you want to buy it. (laughs) Well, it's a Victorian mansion. You go right ahead. I'll, I'll have someone in legal handle the details for you. Well, there is a problem. The real estate agent doesn't want to sell it. I don't understand. Well, is that why he's in business? Well, I don't mean he doesn't want to sell it exactly. I I would say he's trying to discourage me from buying it. Why? Why? Well, he... He says it's a haunted house. Oh, there's no such thing. Oh, but he insists. Darling, do you want this house? Oh, I just adore it. It would be such fun to fix up. Then why don't I handle this thing myself? Mr. Syverson, I'm Roland Palfrey. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Please, please, sir. Have a chair. I'm so glad you could come. Let's get down to cases. Now, what's this nonsense you've been feeding my wife? Uh, nonsense, sir? Yes, she's interested in... It's called the, uh, the Pepperell Place. Oh, yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, what's your angle? Well, I have none, sir. You obviously don't want to sell it. Why? You're breaking faith with the owner. If it becomes known, you can be held liable. Well, I happen to be an ethical person, sir. I believe in telling a prospective buyer the truth about the property. The truth? 
Yeah. What truth? The place is haunted. There is no such thing, sir, as a haunted house. No one here for miles around will spend a night in that house. I can't believe what you're saying. Elvira Pepperell was the wealthiest woman in Gulliver County. Now, she built this house in 1870. Nobody knew how she made her money. There were all kinds of uh, rumors. Well, uh, she murdered her husband. Why? <laughs> we don't know. Probably because he was cheating on her. And then she killed herself. They say her ghost won't have anyone in the house. Uh, she just drives them out. What kind of rubbish is this? No one has lived in that house since she died about oh, 50 years ago. The bank's been trying to get rid of it in this, uh, no takers. I just can't believe it. But you have to respect the facts. There's the house. It's been kept up. There are 300 good acres. And there's the price. It should fetch at least twice as much. Easy. But there is no such thing as a haunted house. Well, you tell that to the folks who wanted to spend the night there. The last three who tried it, one of them was dead the next morning. One of them looked like he aged 30 years and he couldn't say a word. The other one doesn't stop talking. But it's all gibberish, and he's still in the asylum. There has to be a rational explanation. There is. The place is haunted. I still say that that's impossible. Well, sir, if you're so sure, why don't you spend the night there? You must admit he walked into that one. And yet, inevitably... That's where he had to be going. Because when you get into a situation like this that has to do with the supernatural, the only way to lay it to rest is to use the scientific method. But that's the story of Act Two, shortly. Easy does it. Just relax. Lean back. Watch TV. Open up that magic box and look at what's inside. Nothing gets you into it like TV Guide. TV Guide previews your pleasure, tells you more about what's on, what's going on with TV. This week and every week, get more out of television by TV Guide. Nothing gets you into it like TV Guide. What do doctors recommend to avoid constipation? These days, doctors stress the importance of fiber in the diet. Food fiber that helps the system regulate itself naturally. Metamucil is the laxative made from natural fiber. No chemical stimulants. So for occasional constipation, doctors recommend Metamucil more often than any other laxative. The way to overcome constipation is the natural way. But if not nature, Metamucil. Read label and follow directions. Now you can see more of America for less with Delta Airlines Unlimited Mileage Fare. It's easy and uncomplicated. You fly to as many Delta cities in America as you want, and to Bermuda and San Juan. Takes 7 to 21 days, all for an unbelievable $567 per person when two people travel together, or $777 when you travel alone. There's a special low fare for children, too. Unlimited mileage at an unbelievable fare. Don't leave a stone unturned or a place untraveled. Delta's unlimited mileage fare is an unusual opportunity for an unforgettable experience. Get the details on advance reservations and limited seating from your travel agent or Delta. Now, Delta is ready when you are. With an unbelievable, unforgettable, unlimited mileage fare for as little as $567. That's unreal. The last words in any argument are usually, put your money where your mouth is. And so it is with us. Here we have a man of fantastic common sense who suddenly finds himself confronted by an impossible premise. And yet, he can only respond by putting up or shutting up. Why don't I spend the night in the Pepperell Mansion? Well, what would that prove? Everything. Uh, look, Mr. Stuyvesant, I'm a busy man. I only came here to straighten this thing out for my wife. Well, have you? Certainly. I'll tell her it's nonsense. 
And what makes you think she'll believe you? Mr. Stuyvesant, are you serious? There's evidence. Evidence would consist of facts to prove the existence of a ghost or ghosts. Well, what about those three people? And they're just the latest in a long line. My dearest, one never has trouble finding witnesses to support a superstition. I'll just tell Summerfield to have someone in legal arrange for the purchase. No, Roland. No? I changed my mind. But you said you adored the house. Well, that was yesterday. Why? I just told you. I I simply changed my mind. I can't help it if I'm flighty. Well, yes, but, but... I suppose when you're older, you take everything so seriously. Oh? I see. What? What is it, darling? No, nothing, nothing. Oh, no, 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 it's something. I know my role Do you actually think I'm an old man? Oh, whatever gave you that idea? Why, you're the most vigorous man I know. Yeah, I know, but you just said that when you're older, you take everything so seriously. What, did I say older? Oh, what's the matter with me? I meant when you become more mature. Uh-huh. You want that house, don't you? No. No, I, do, I don't care anymore. Well, then tell me why. Because, Rowley, it's creating tension, friction, a, a feeling of uneasiness between us. And all because of my childish superstitions. I never said you had childish superstitions. But in many ways you treat me like a child. I realize there's this rather large difference in age, but you're the one who always manages to find some pretext to bring it up. Pretext? I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Darling, I... Well, you see, I sometimes find it difficult to to believe my good fortune. Why? I was afraid of no one or nothing in this whole world, and then... Then I met you. Well, you're afraid of me? Yes. Because I love you. You have me at your mercy. Oh, now, darling. And I am twice your age. Oh, there are men half your age who aren't half the man you I are. I want you to have that house. I said I changed my mind. Now, let's forget it. Are you sure? I'm quite reconciled. Well, that's what you should not have said. Reconciled. No, I'm buying it. Rolly, I won't live in a place that's haunted. But suppose I can prove that that's all nonsense. Well, how could you prove it? I'll spend the night there. That's supposed to be the test. I won't allow it. It's time we all realized we're living in the latter half of the 20th century. Mr. Stuyvesant, you say the place is fit for habitation. Yes, the plumbing, wiring, roof, all kept in tip-top shape. She's clean as a whistle, sound as a tick, and dry as a bone. Now, our Susie Wainwright will have a cheery blaze going for you in the library fireplace, and uh, the master bedroom will be all made up. Susie Wainwright? Yes, she's the housekeeper over at the Gulliver Inn. She picks up some extra money from the bank, taking care of the Pepperell place. Susie Wainwright, huh? Miss Wainwright? Yep, that's me, all right. I'm Mr. Palfrey. Oh, sure. Old Baldy Stuyvesant said you'd be around. What can I do for you? I want to talk to you about the Pepperell Mansion. Why are you staring at me? Well, you're my first real millionaire. I mean, we've had some people with money come up here, but no one in your class... All right, then. About the Pepperell Mansion... You married I... this absolutely gorgeous young lady, too. <laughs> I wish I could get myself a handsome young fella. But I guess rich folks are the only ones who can afford it. Miss Wainwright, just tell me about the Pepperell Mansion, please. Are you going to spend the night there? Yes. Don't. Why not? It's haunted. I'll only go there in the daytime, and I won't go alone. I'll take one of the girls with me. We clean up... And get out. Why do you insist that it's haunted? Because you can feel it. Feel what? It. 
don't ask me what it is, either. I have to ask you. Well, it's a kind of tightness in your chest. Your heart begins to beat faster. Are you sure that it isn't just your imagination? Oh, Mr. Palfrey, I took my pulse. It was three times normal. Asked him coolly, the plumber. And Bob Free and the electrician, what they go through when they have to go in there for repairs. Well, they only do it because the bank lets them charge an arm and a leg. Baldy told you about the last three who spent the night there. I, I, I still think there's got to be a rational explanation. Oh, sure. So do I. Oh, then you, you don't believe in ghosts. Oh, I believe in ghosts, all right. Well, how can you say rational and ghosts? These are your own ghosts. You see, I noticed something. From time to time, kids break in. Mostly little kids. And you know, they don't seem to suffer any bad effects. Now, why do you think that is? You're telling this. Because they're still too young to have ghosts. I don't understand. Was it so hard to figure out? Everybody gets to develop some ghosts as he or she goes through life. And the older you get, the bigger they are. Just what do you mean by ghosts? A ghost is whatever it is that doesn't let you sleep. But what does this all have to do with the Pepperell Mansion? Okay. In the ordinary way, you learn to live with your ghosts. How to handle them. You still haven't told me how this ties There's in with... something what? in that place. Something that unleashes those ghosts inside of you. What? Oh, I wish I knew. But what's the difference? You shouldn't stay there. Why not? Ghosts are ghosts, no matter whose they may be. And the fact is, I don't believe in them in the first place. Oh, a man like you, as rich as you... You got plenty of ghosts. Maybe you won't admit it, but you're chock full of them. In any event, I intend to stay there this evening. Uh, well, sir, here we are here. Thank you, Mr. Stuyvesant. Now, are you sure I can't? Talk you out of it. Positive. Uh, in that case, here's the key. Now, Susie Wainwright left just before dark. Everything is ready for you. Uh, you can see uh, the lights are on. And there's a telephone, of course. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And please, Mr. Palfrey, don't hesitate to use it in case of... Uh, uh, in case of what? Uh, anything. In case of anything. I have a thirty-two caliber pistol. Good night, Mr. Stuyvesant. Uh, good night, sir. Nothing's going to happen. I'll never forgive darling, myself. Darling, darling, please listen carefully. I have to do this to prove a point. I'm always fighting against superstition, short-sightedness. Don't you understand? I simply couldn't pass up a challenge like this. Oh, you're so wonderful. So wise, so mature. I love you. And I love you, Marion. And nothing else matters. And now, my dearest... Good night. Good night, darling. <sighs> Seems to be a perfectly comfortable house. Oh. oh, no, really. Hello. Mr. Palfrey, this is Susie Wainwright over at the inn. I see you're there. Well, obviously. Well, I made up the couch for you in the library. The fire's going. Thank you. 
On the table, you got an automatic percolator. It's filled with coffee. Thank you again. The kind without caffeine, so you can sleep. And there's a tray of sandwiches. Very kind of you, Miss Wainwright. The bank wants you to buy the house, so they picked up the tab. But do you want to listen to me? Well? Are you wearing your coat? No, why? If I was you, I'd put it on right now and run, not walk. Run to the nearest exit. Well, once again, Miss Wainwright, thank you. Well, don't say I didn't warn you. Good night and happy dreams. Good night, Miss Wainwright. Oh, coffee and a sandwich. And then I think I'll turn in early. time to paint your home, you need all the help you can get. So True Value Hardware Stores offer all the help you need. True Test Painting Accessories. Hi, Pat Summerall to suggest you get the True Test 8-piece pad painting kit for just $3.99 to paint ceilings, walls, and trim with less drips and spatters. Or choose from their exclusive line of True Test Oriel brushes with long-lasting polyester bristles, available in sizes for walls and trim. They're sold exclusively by participating True Value hardware stores and home centers. Time to feed the baby. Oh, baby sounds funny. That was Baby Ben. Mm, thought our baby's name was Ollie. Baby Ben's our alarm clock, honey. It never forgets to get us up. We could forget to plug it in. Baby Ben doesn't need electricity, dear. Doesn't even need batteries. It's key wound. Gee, no batteries, no formula. Oh, turn that off. That was Baby Ollie. Who wound him up? Baby Ben or Big Ben never forgets to get you up. It's time for a West Clocks by Tally Industries. Trading in commodity futures is among the fastest growing areas of investment. At Heinold Commodities, we've kept pace. We're specialists. Our primary business at Heinold is commodities, and that should be important to you. Because a company that specializes in commodities, a company whose success depends upon its performance in that field, has to go the extra mile for you. And at Heinold Commodities, we do. We've grown into one of the largest clearing members on every principal commodity exchange in the nation. We've built one of the largest research staffs in the business. And with more than 100 branch offices across the country, there's one close to you. So when you place a portion of your assets in commodity futures trading, select the firm that has led the growth in the futures industry. Heinold Commodities. Give us a call. We're the professionals in futures. There's a Heinhold office in Chicago, Clarendon Hills, and DeKalb. This is WBBM Chicago.
sight in open, airy places that are filled with people, it is logical to insist that there is no such thing as a ghost. But when one is all alone in the house at midnight and it has a reputation for being haunted, one is necessarily, shall we say, in a more vulnerable position. There has never been a more practical, common-sense, down-to-earth person than Roland Palfrey. But he has never been in this kind of situation before. Who are you? What are you doing in my house? Who are you? Must you keep asking that tiresome question? Who are you? Obviously, I'm Elvira Pepperell. Well, you can't be Elvira Pepperell. Why not? Because she died in 1870. That is true. That's more than a hundred years ago. Is it? Oh, once you're dead, you lose track of years. I, I, I just can't believe it. You lose track of all those things you thought were important when you were alive. This is a trick. You can't be alive. That was never the issue. I am dead. You can't be dead and standing there talking to me at the same time. It isn't being done at the same time. I, I, I don't understand what you're saying. Of course you can't. Because you're alive. What do you want? Leave this place. Why? Before it destroys you. It destroyed me. How? It released my ghosts. Now, what does that mean? You know. She told you. Who, who, who? Susie Wainwright. Well, what does she know? She's a genius. She's just a housekeeper. Because she was born at the wrong time, in the wrong place. No one ever discovered her. There are millions like her, and their wisdom will never be made known to the world. I don't believe that. Get out of here. Why? She told you why. There is something in this house that unleashes the ghosts within you. The ghosts that must remain mute and buried if you would ever know an hour's rest and a moment's peace. Leave. Your ghost will destroy you. I have no ghost. Listen. Like your chilies, you have a heel. Who's that? You know who it is. Vanity. Your vanity is going to destroy you. Where is he? Martin, where are you? Your vanity, Roland. Come out, Martin. Come out wherever you are. He's already out, Roland. He's been hiding inside you. He's one of your ghosts. You never made a mistake in your life. And then you married her. It's your ghost speaking, Roland Palfrey. Your ghost. Leave here quickly. What are you waiting for? I... I can't. Why not? Because... Because... What will they all think? Who does it matter? I, I, I said there was no such thing as a haunted house, and I said that I would prove it by spending the night here. Uh, how can I just get up and leave? How? I'd be admitting that I believe in ghosts, and they drove me out. So you believe in ghosts? Yeah, but suppose the newspapers pick it up. What will my board of directors think? The banks will I have to get credit. The stockholders, I... I have to stay the night. Your sanity won't survive the night. Oh, yes, it will. I'll fight them. I'll fight those ghosts, all of them. There's only one. It's true, you plundered, you destroyed, you betrayed. But you have no conscience. You have only one fear. And you know what that is. Marion's fidelity. That's your ghost. No. No. For years, you never had time for a woman's love. Then you saw Marion, and the voice of reason within you said, What did it say? Well, it said... It said, Don't kid yourself. She's too young for you. There are rules. The, the, the old for the old, and the young for the young. Ah, but you were a man who lived by breaking the rules... And so you felt you could break this one, too. Yeah, but she loves me. She loves you. Poor Roland. Tell him to be quiet. You tell him to be quiet. He's your ghost. What made you think a woman of her vibrant beauty, her glowing sensuality, could be satisfied by you at 16? Oh, is that so? Well, listen to what she says about that. Oh, dearest, there are men happy. 
age, you aren't half the man you are. That's what she says. But how does she treat you? Darling, let's play another set. No. Maybe you're tired. We'd better relax for a bit. We shouldn't overdo it. Can't you see? She's too much for you. Or maybe you're not enough for her. No, no. That isn't true. She's going to betray you, Roland. Oh, no. She'll have to. You see how all the good-looking young fellas give her the eye? You think she's not aware of it? She's only human. Tell him you're only human, Marion. I'm only human, Roland. Yeah, but you love me, Marion. You, you keep telling me you love me. Mr. Palfrey. I'll destroy all of you. I will. Hello, darling. I'm sorry I'm late this morning, but the traffic was absolutely fierce. Did you enjoy breakfast? What would you like to do today? Oh, you don't have to tell me if you want it to be a secret. Do you want to have secrets from me, darling? Do you? No. No, Marion, I, I think I'd like to dig in the garden. Do you want to plant some flowers? Could I plant vegetables? Of course, dear. Oh, I didn't tell you. You have a new doctor, a lady... Her name is Dr. Pleskow, and she's very good. I, I would like to plan tomatoes. She's been going through the whole case history, all the records. As a matter of fact, she should be here now. And I'd also like to plant melons. All right. You suppose they could grow here? Well, we could ask the gardener. Mrs. Palfrey. Oh, how do you do, Dr. Pleskow? Roly, dear, this is your doctor. Hello, Mr. Palfrey. Roly? Hello, Doctor. We have every hope that Dr. Pleska will be able to... Uh, we mustn't make promises, Mrs. Palfrey. We can only do our best. Oh, yes, I understand, do Doctor. Do you suppose I could start my vegetable garden now? Uh, doctor? Of course. The gardener said I could use that patch just, just beyond the trees. Uh, I'll see you in a little bit. Well, Doctor, from what I can see, he received a terribly traumatic blow to his psyche. Oh, I understand. I've spoken with everyone who had seen him that day, Mr. Stuyvesant, Miss Wainwright. Each of them has an interesting theory. Uh, the house is supposed to be haunted. Do you believe it, Doctor? I neither believe it nor disbelieve it. But there is an aspect of this case... Yes? I don't know. There's an element here that bothers me. Oh, what? It eludes me. I feel that it's the key to the entire puzzle. Well, hello. Why, it's Mr. Martin. Oh, I see you remember me. Uh, of course. You know, I'd heard old Paul for you taken sick. I happen to have a summer place nearby, and since I was passing through, I thought I'd say hello. Well, I'm sure Roly will be happy to see you. Well, uh, where is the old boy? Well, he should He be... uh, has to have his lunch. Why don't you come back in an hour or so? Oh, do you have an hour, Mr. Martin? Oh, of course. Well, then you can take me to lunch. The visitor's cafeteria here has food that is quite edible. I'd be delighted. Will you excuse us, Doctor? Certainly. Mr. Palfrey. Uh, yes? Oh, you're the new doctor. I don't need a doctor. You don't? I'm very happy 
This is a very beautiful place. Uh, would you take me to lunch? If you want me to. We'll eat in the patient's dining room. But we have a few minutes. Let's sit and chat first. About what? You. Uh, Mr. Palfrey, you wanted to prove a point. So you agreed to spend a night in a haunted house. Is that what I did? You don't remember any of it? Well, something happened to you that night. I don't know what you're talking about, Doctor. I realize, but I have to say it. And after a while, it may get true to you. Your imagination may have created a nightmare experience where you actually thought there was a ghostly adventure. But I believe something else happened. Do you know what? No. It fell into place just a few minutes ago when I saw a man named Martin. Do you remember Mr. Martin? No. It seemed to me from the way they said hello that Mr. Martin and your wife are old friends. Marion has lots of friends. So I have just evolved a theory. You must listen. Yes? I'm your doctor. I'm going to get through to you sooner or later. I'm convinced that your wife and Mr. Martin are having an affair. All you have to do is to look at them. An affair? I realize you can't comprehend it now. They've staged this whole business. They got Mr. Stuyvesant and this Miss Wainwright to create this tale about a haunted house in order to get you inside. I don't know what they did or how they handled it from that point on, but whatever it was, it worked. They could have drugged you. Did you have anything to eat or drink in the house that night? Well, did you? Did I what? Have anything to eat or drink in the house. What house? The Pepperell house. The haunted house. I... I don't remember. You will. I promise you, you will. We'll keep working and working. Do you remember Mr. Martin? Martin? My, why is that name so familiar? You do remember. In what connection? Well, his... His family had ships. Ships? Uh-huh. Slave ships. Or, 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 or were they whaling ships? Oh, I know. It had something to do with shoes for George Washington's horse. Was George Washington's horse named Vanity? I don't think so. Vanity. Now, why does that word keep coming back to me? Is it the way it begins? The long road back to normalcy? Does the blotted out past reveal itself in a series of almost subliminal strobe-like flashes which gradually lengthen into a great flare that lights up the entire landscape of our memory. Will he be able to come back all the way? That's another story, and one is all you get at a time. I'll be back shortly. Welcome to Meet the Media. Thank you very much. Today I am interviewing radio. Hello. Television. Take a look at this. Oh, newspaper. I've been around the longest. Yeah, but you can't change channels on a newspaper. Well, you can't put a TV in the bottom of a birdcage. Interesting debate. Radio, mm -hmm. how's your listenership? It's up 66% since 1967. Newspaper? Yes. How's your circulation? It's, uh... <clears throat> Right. But I'm happy to say our advertising rates have gone up. Radio? Because the cost of radio advertising has not increased as much as the other major media, it's a better deal. And what about the cost of television? Film at 11. <laughs> radio in the background. Mm -hmm. What about creativity? Well, there are four of us sitting in a room pretending to be a radio, a television, a newspaper, and a human being. That's amusing. Just an example of radio's creativity. <sighs> radio. Red hot. Because it works. For the advertiser trying to fight the rising costs of TV and print, the Radio Advertising Bureau can send you more facts. This station can send you more customers. Denture wearers agree. Snug cushions hold loose dentures so comfortably tight, 
I feel confident again. Soft adhesive snug brand denture cushions ease sore gums from loose-fitting plates. No messy fixing like powders or pastes. Snug is easy to shape and fit. Won't wash off. Get temporary relief from loose-fitting dentures until you see a dentist with Snug. Now in the new four-cushion economy package. Snug, another fine product from Mentholatum. Preparation H relieves pain and itch, even helps shrink swelling. Use only as directed. story is the heel of Achilles. It's from Greek mythology. When the mighty warrior Achilles was born, his mother was told to immerse him in a certain stream. Every part of his body that was touched by the water would be safe against penetration by sword, spear, or arrow. His mother held him by the heels. Unfortunately, they were not covered by the magic water. And when he was struck in the heel by an arrow, that was the wound that killed him. We go into detail here because each of us has his own psychological Achilles heel. All of us might do well to be aware of it. Our cast included Arnold Moss, Joyce Gordon, Earl Hammond, and Joan Shea. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.